You're listening to the Metalheads and Maniacs podcast. I'm your host, JP. All right, so I'd like to welcome everybody to the uh, Metalheads and Maniacs podcast, and we're here with uh, Steve Bouchard of Motive. How you doing today, buddy? Doing all right, you know, hanging in there, considering all the stuff going on. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm alive and well at the moment. Excellent. I think we're all just trying to hang in there the best we can. Uh, we first had talked about doing this podcast, you know, I, it was set up to, to come over and kind of hang out with you there in your in your rehearsal space and, and have this conversation, and then everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket on us, so... Um, got yeah, that would have been cool. We like having people stop by the band room. It's fun, but uh, we can uh, extend that invite for a future time. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, I've got a few questions here for you. So uh, just to kind of let your fans know, maybe they, if they don't know as much about you as, as maybe they want to or maybe they should or shouldn't know, um, you know, are you a books or movies kind of guy? Well, these days... I've been so busy, I haven't uh, been doing a whole lot of movie going. I did go to the last Star Wars movie, that had to happen, I enjoyed that. The uh, what, the Rise of Skywalker, that was the, the final one, so I enjoyed that. I've also been reading uh, one of the offshoot stories, Crucible, it's a Star Wars book, and uh, it's been pretty uh, entertaining, I enjoy that. Nice. And then, you know, one thing I do, I guess some people might laugh, but just because I booked my tours for Motive and I and a lot of things of that nature, I like looking at maps and atlases a lot. I just get lost in them and just look. It doesn't matter if it's the U.S. or the world, where in the world it is. I enjoy just staring at maps and absorbing everything in them for some reason. So I felt like sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of neat because the, uh, you know, I've done road trips in the past where basically you just put a map up, you know, and you, you pretty much just, you know, throw a dart or, or, you know, drop a coin or something, and wherever it lands on the Arizona map is, is where you head to. So I, I see where you're coming sure, from. Sure, you that. can do it. Right. You can't do that with a GPS, you know. So. No. Yeah, exactly. You know, maps and atlases are cool, you know. It's all good. I enjoy looking at them and just, I don't know, just plotting things and world domination you know yeah exactly. Simple stuff like that yeah. <laughs> comes in handy too when you're planning your tours um you guys had uh, a little bit of a tour last year if i'm not mistaken correct oh uh, we did what we do i think we did 29 shows last year you know that was pretty good we did we had like a two and a half week tour plus you know like 15 other shows that we played so it was pretty good year and this year would have been a whole lot more but Obviously, everything's shut down at the moment. Right, right. But we have we, we, we have a tentative tour in September booked that we're hoping we can still do. We'll see what comes of that. And then we might try to sneak some shows in before September, but it's not too realistic at this moment, you know, but we'll see. Maybe we can get it going in June or July. I don't know. Right, everyone's kind of got uh, their, everyone's definitely got their motive, fingers you know, crossed. Well, you know, we're an independent band that's trying to be a pro real band, and then we get so close, you know, we just, we gotta get that break somewhere, somehow, but until then, we'll uh, keep working hard and do it ourselves. So, um, you mentioned The Crucible for, it's a Star Wars book, is that, uh, that's not canon then, right? That's kind of some of the offshoot stories? Yeah, you know, there's so many, I can't even keep track myself, and I'm a fan. There's other people that know more. Right. But uh, it's uh, it's a good one. This, the guy that wrote this one is Troy Denning, 
he wrote another uh, book, Fate of the Jedi, Apocalypse. So there is so many different angles. But uh, I really like the book. It's been pretty good so far. It's got, you know, Luke and Han Solo and Princess Leia in it. So, you know, that's my era, of course. So right. I was interested in reading it. Exactly, like all of us, too. And I and I agree with you. I had to definitely catch that last one in the movie theater. And I, I actually got pretty lucky. I got... Uh, I did the old reserve seat things at an AMC, and I got uh, you know basically in the center, um, not not the front row, but right behind the handicap seating, um, and there was like nobody in the movie theater that night, so we pretty much got to see it all by ourselves. It came out pretty nice. It was right after Christmas. Yeah, I went around like a week or two after Christmas as well. I went to a place called the Picture Show. It's like some small private you know, movie theater in town. There's like three of them or something. And I went there with my mom, actually. And it was pretty uh, pretty private screening, like we had our own theater. So it was cool. Nice, nice. That's kind of the, the picture. So that was that's kind of like the, uh, there's one in downtown Phoenix. Um, we went and, me and a buddy of mine went and saw the, um, the Murder in the Front Row movie at. I cannot remember the name of the place now. Uh, I think it's Film Bar. Film bar, neat. The film bar, yeah. the, the film bar is awesome. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah, it's a great place to catch a movie, especially something like Murder in the Front Row. There, it was nice. I know I'm sitting on on basically a love seat all by myself, you know, having a drink. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I know that place well. I've been to a number of movies there. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that place. Yeah, they do fun, interactive things too. You know, like just events and giveaways and things like that during the night. So it's kind of a you know, it's a little bit more personal than just going to a movie theater watching the movie and leaving so the film bar is a great classic phoenix experience in my opinion i quite like the place yeah i agree the only thing i didn't care for is parking <laughs> yeah. yeah that's but that's the city i'm used to yep. the city you just you got to know your way around down there to find the places to park their parking lot for the film bar has like maybe 10 spots total so mm-hmm. you gotta you definitely gotta just Find a spot down on the streets. You know that's city city life right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Know which ones are safe to park on and which ones aren't. But yeah, you got another game, man. Oh, that's yeah. all you got to do. So where did the uh, how did the band get the name Motive? Well, let's see. Even though the band is doing well and it's got fresh blood and some young faces in it, the truth is, is Motive was formed. It'll be twenty one years this uh, summer. Moto will be 21 years old this summer. I came up with the name somewhere in the 90s and didn't use it. But then at the end of the 90s, 99, I decided along with, I guess ultimately the bass player, he was the one that said we should use Motive. That's the that's the name of the band. I had come up with it, but our bassist at the time, Julius, co-founding member, he uh he said, "Hey man, let's use Motive as the name." So that was the final clincher for me. I was I was ready to use it, but when a fellow band member, you know, speaks up and says that's what we're doing, we're using that, I wasn't going to argue. I said, "Hell yeah, let's do it." Nice. So yeah, that that came about a little while ago, man. It's been a couple of days since we came up with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Didn't realize that the name itself was that you know had been been around that long. Um, yeah, this, June of '99, brother. Wow, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, is that basically so the band itself though 
I guess technically it would be a little bit older than that, though, then, correct? So you're looking at, what, 97, 98 or something, or even earlier? Well, no, the, the, the band the band started in 99 as well. Okay. I had known Julius, and I played in his, his band before then called Native Blood, and we were just kind of trying to figure out what to do next, you know, and I had that name floating around in other attempts to get something going and nothing materialized, but in summer of 99, that's when it all came together, as motive and blah blah blah. So nice. That's did, did not realize the band had uh, been around that long. Yeah, Julius Sicotti and I started it in the summer of '99, and then uh, Julius just left the band. You know, after this current album, you know, just a year or two ago. So he's he's been there a long time with me. Been a number of changes. You know, stuff happens. Twenty years worth of life. You know, that's yep. the best way to put it. Yeah. So. Well, we're good now. I mean, we've had our same drummer for a while. We've had the, our front man for a while now. Uh, we finally have permanent bass player, and then we just added a second guitar player because Motive used to be a second. Used to have two guitars for the first 14 years of the band. Motive was a two-guitar band, and only the last six years or so was Motive a one-guitar band, and now we've decided to go back to two guitars. So okay, nice. Gives you a little bit yeah, we've more. We've got Michael Ma- Michael Michael Montana on on guitar. We've got Shane on the bass. We have Wyatt Henderson on the drums, and Mike Nigel is the singer. So uh, yeah, we're all locked in, ready to go. Now we had shows this month, but obviously we got to hold off. Those are canceled for now. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so everything's going on. Yeah, but yeah, everything's good there, man. We should be good. Everybody, and then, but we're not rehearsing right now because of the virus thing. You know, five guys sweaty thrashing around in the band room just doesn't sound like the right place to be right now. So we're holding out. Right, right. You know, a little bit of that social distancing just to be on the safe side. Don't want no one getting sick. So definitely. For, yeah, for right now, we're rolling with that plan. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Better safe than sorry. So what, you said, the what was the name of your new bass player? Did you say Shane? Yeah, Shane, Shane Rummage, also known as Shane. Thrash Bandicoot. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. yeah, he's our new bass player. And uh, he's actually like a key important person because uh, we've been having some talented, quality fill-in bass players, but they've all been temporary, and they all kicked ass, but uh, we didn't have our guy, you know? And right. uh, Shane was um, just like a find, you know? He was like a diamond in the rough, so to speak, I guess. He... Uh, He's never been a part of the scene fully. He wasn't in a full-time band, just kind of playing on his own and messing around with buddies, you know, at keg parties or something. But uh, he stepped his game up big time. We told him what was required to, you know, be in a true working band. And uh, he made all the right moves. And uh, so he's gone from, you know, never playing a show in his life to join in motives and we're going to throw his ass on stage all over the country that's the plan so that should be exciting nice that's a little bit of uh what's the old saying there going to be it's not necessarily a sink or swim but more like a trial by fire huh yeah i mean it, it was uh the best way to describe it is we needed to find somebody that wanted to be in motive and it didn't have to be the best bass player we could find the guys that filled in were all the most talented bassists we could find, but they were not available. So in this case, it was better to get somebody who has talent, but maybe isn't technically the most advanced player, but more importantly, they fit the band, they want to be in the band, and we can develop and improve the guy 
and he's not leaving. Right. He's part of the band, and that is what is the best thing about Shane, is that he's got no interest or desire to be in another band. He hasn't been in other bands. He just wants to be in Motive, and we put the time in and respected each other, and now he's here. You know, I mean, yeah. two, three months ago, you know, he couldn't play all these songs. He couldn't play any of them. Now he's got 12 Motive songs down, and it sounds awesome. And he's got two basses. He's got a bass rig. He's got everything. So, I mean, this guy went, like I said, from being a bedroom bass player, never been in a real band, to uh, getting ready to attack with Motive. And we helped build him. We helped create him. And vice versa, you know, he's, you know, loyal to us, you know, so it all, everybody wins. Everybody's in a better place. Exactly. You know, and if you can, you know, the thing with, with bass players is if they, you know, as long as they get along with your drummer, that's pretty much all you really need, you know. And if they can have that camaraderie and that, you know, that tightness and to really give you a good rhythm section, so. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, our drummer is a young man. He just turned 18 a couple months ago, but he's extremely talented. And again, it's, it's, he's got more than enough talent to play drums and motive. It's more about, just coming up with the right beats and the right grooves and being a, a band member and a team player, you know? Yep. So that's that's what it is in all these cases, you know? Right, exactly. So was it was it hard to find uh, Shane, you know, or was it something that just well, like... Well, yeah. yeah. That's, why, that's why we had to build a bass player. It was <laughs> extremely difficult. Damn near impossible to find a bass player who can play, who has the chops and is not in another band. It's very, very difficult and that is why we found Shane. When he first came over to my house, I had to just listen for raw talent, you know, because the, all that fancy technical playing stuff and music theory knowledge and all that, he didn't really have all that, but he had an ear. Yeah. And he had, he had natural talent. He, there was a way I, I, could, I, I could hear it, I could feel it, and I, I worked with him privately for over a month before I even had the band come over to listen to him because I was like, look, guys, we can't find a basis. We need to build one. This guy's got raw talent. Let's see if he's willing to uh, work with us, you know? I mean, so to Shane's credit, you know, he came over here and let me beat him up a little bit, you know? Nice. Pushed him pretty hard. Made him get the songs down. Showed him stuff. Told him, like, hey, what are you doing right there? That's all wrong, you know? I had to give him some tough love. But more importantly, we gave each other a lot of respect, and we had a good time doing it. And, and now, like I said, the guy knows... A full hour's worth of material, and we're you know, and we're on our way. Nice. So I guess I I guess basically my question I guess should have been is how did you meet Shane? You know, how did you guys connect to be able to to build your bass player? Uh, that was just a Facebook thingy, you know, searching for a bass player, you know. Nice, nice. So he, Facebook Facebook post, and then just went from there. Like I said, he wasn't in the scene. He's not a part of. He's not a regular. He's not over at Club Red every weekend. You know, he's. uh He's a metalhead. He goes to shows. You know, he just went to the Overkill show a few weeks ago, but he just wasn't a part of the musician circle. Yeah. But we found him anyway, and now he's a part of Motive. Nice. That Overkill yeah. show was pretty kick-ass, too. And our other guitar player, Michael Montana, he plays in Iron Kill. He teaches guitar at the School of Rock in Scottsdale. He's a total pro, a total badass, and he's the kind of guy, you know, where he came from the opposite spectrum of Shane. He's 100% in the scene. Everybody knows who he is. He's a badass player, a total pro, and he came over here and learned all the songs in like a week or two, 
and made my job real easy. So that was, you know, that was awesome too. And then, and again, it just makes perfect sense. We needed to build a bass player up from the ground. We did that with Shane. And then the guitar-wise, we needed a guy who could come in here right away and not slow me down in any way, shape, or form. And Michael Montana is that guy. He's the man. So we we hired him right away. That was a no-brainer. Nice. Were you even thinking about adding a second guitar player, or did it just kind of come to uh, be? We've been quietly, privately talking about it for the last year or two, to be honest with you. And now we just finally did something about it. So here we are. Again, it was the right guy. There's a million guitar players. Yeah. Blah, 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 but the right guy, the guy that wants to be in Motive, the guy that fits Motive. You know, and Michael has been a Motive fan and, you know, was in the crowd at shows and bought the album and bought a shirt and all that kind of stuff. So there was no, uh, we didn't have to sell it to him. He was already on board, you know? Nice. Good deal. It always makes it so much nicer, I'm sure. You know, find yeah. someone, so, well, someone that's going to share that mindset with you and that, and the motive, you know, for your motivation, so to speak. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All that. So your your most recent album, or um, drawing a quick blank here, Fight the World, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Fight the World is the most current Motive album. We put it out at the very end of 2018. So really, it's been out like a year and three months now, you know? Yeah. So we'll be pushing it the rest of the year. Obviously, our plan has been altered and slowed down a bit, but the whole world is under that thing. So, you know, we're, we don't really cry about it anymore. We're trying to figure out what we can do to save maybe the second half of the year. Yeah. You know, because as much as we believe in the album and that is as good as the response we're getting from it, we don't want to keep pushing the album next year. We, we need to come up with a new release for next year, but it's still plenty of time to work and push that record right now yeah can you tell me a little bit more about the album you know the some of the i guess what would be some of the inspiration for the music behind it and and your songs and sure. things of that nature sure well we'll start we'll start with the title track fight the world is really an anti-fighting and anti-war song it, it points at the ridiculous idea that everyone's got to think and believe the same thing, and if we don't think and believe the same, that we have to fight each other and we can't be friends. So the the song is actually 100% anti-fighting and anti-war, and it points at the ridiculous idea of, you know, if we, we can't get along because you, you know, like this, I like that. It's like this, keep that stuff private. Like when you all go to the store together, that's your neighborhood. Those are your community people in your community. And everybody just get along. You don't have to think the same thing or believe exact same stuff. You know, mind your own business at times kind of a thing. You know, get along. And when you go home, that is where you truly have your beliefs. You know, but back in the day, you never talked about religion, politics, or how much money you made. That was never discussed in public. Right. Now, that's the only thing we discuss on social media every day, all day long, and it's very destructive, you know. You're not supposed to know that much about everyone every day, all day long. And fight the world is just the idea of getting along and advancing as a as a group, a community, as a people, you know. Right. And and another thing too, also like an anti-rioting song. Also, it makes no sense to riot and destroy stores and services in your own city. I think Baltimore really pissed me off. That that whole city, when they had their problem over there a few years ago, they were, this one part of the city had just been rebuilt. 
and it was in a poor neighborhood, but they redid the whole neighborhood. They had a Subway and a Walgreens and all these standard stores that any normal American neighborhood would have. But this neighborhood didn't have it, and it got built. And they tore it all down and burned it down and looted and rioted that whole part of the town and fucked it all up. And I just thought to myself, that is absolute lunacy or stupidity or both. You know, and, and those, those lyrics are kind of in the fight the world concept, too. It's like, man... If you've been done wrong, don't go do yourself wrong a second time. I mean, you got to find a better way to fight back or to stand up for yourself. So that's what Fight the World was about. It's like a big human interaction statement. It's really, instead of, some people just think, oh, fight the world. Like, we just want to go out there and fight the world. No, it's exactly the opposite, you know. Yep. you got to read the lyrics. Listen listen to the message, you know. Right, right. And yeah. then uh, we got C, Thrash Priest. The album opens with Thrash Priest. Which might sound a little silly on the surface, but really it's not. It's a very serious subject with, with all the corruption and disgusting behavior of the Catholic Church. I came up with a character called the Thrash Priest, which is a lot safer for you and your family. And he teaches you to be strong and think for yourself and listen to good metal while you're doing it. You know, it's a lot. It's sort of like a positive uptake spin solution. Instead of corrupt, pedophile, Catholic priest, you need to fucking hang out with the thrash priest. This guy's a lot better for you. So that's what that song was about. Again, it's sort of silly, but really it's not silly at all, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I guess it, it would only seem silly if you just take it on, on the surface level, you know? Yeah, it's a thrash priest. Right. But, and, yeah. and some people do that. Some people don't listen to lyrics. They don't, they don't care or they're not smart enough or clever enough to figure out what's going on. Right, and right. you're also allowed to interpret songs however you want to interpret it, and that's fine, you know? Oh, yeah. And then, let's see, another good one, uh, we have a song called One With The Water, and that is just the flowing ebb and flow with the struggles of life, you know? You know, you just got to ride the waves. You got to be one with the water. If the river's going slow, you're going slow. If the river's raging, then you got to navigate the rage, you know? So that that's another good track on there. Uh, let's see, we've got a song, Goodbye Again. That one is just, you know, fighting demons that keep recurring in your life, you know, whatever they may be. You know, that could be a person or a job or, or drugs or your own character flaws, you know, you gotta beat that shit down and, and keep it in check, you know. So goodbye again is like, you know, you gotta fight that off again, you know, get rid of that, keep going forward. Yeah. You know, I mean, all, all the, the riffing, the riffing, since people like riffs described, we've got a lot of thrash riffs, we got some groovy, heavy-duty, thrashy groove kind of riffs, there's a little bit of black metal, death metal in there, you know. Uh, I would say, you know, vocally, the main vocal style is a straight, heavy vocal, not quite a death metal vocal, but not this, you know, not all, like, singy, like, kill, switch, engage or something, because that's too dramatic sounding. We don't like that. Right, right. We just like more of a straight, a straight, powerful voice. But Mike can do cleans, he can do highs, lows, he can do guttural. I mean, it, it, we use those things as, you know, spices. The foundation is just a strong, heavy rock voice, you know, metal straight voice, you know, like a Lamb of God or Pantera or Chuck Billy or something. And then we sprinkle in the gutturals and the screams and the clean parts where they are appropriate. Yeah. You know, so, and then, you know, and there's, of course, there's some guitar leads on there as well, you know. There's some shredding and some tasty leads, you know. 
But look, again, I, I like to go with what the song is. I believe songwriting is more important than uh, self, you know, masturbatory playing, you know, doesn't do anything for me. You know, you can listen to one shred guitar solo after another, and they haven't said a thing. Then I can listen to some guy play like a little run and a couple bends, and it does a lot more for me. So right, it's just right. a matter of what the, what the song calls for. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of times, too, with that, you know, you can – when they're just playing to play and, and show off their their skill, it, that comes across in the music. You know, someone who's definitely in the groove and is feeling that song and is loving that song, you know, it, that feeling comes across. And, and as a fan or, or somebody in the audience, you definitely pick that up and it makes you enjoy that music that much more. So. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all. Again, I see videos on, you, on YouTube and Facebook every day, guitar players, you know, playing away, running scales up and down the neck all day long. It's like the guy didn't say one thing. All he did was run a fucking scale from high to low or low to high, and then he did a bunch of sweeps, and, you know, a lot of sweeps sound like everyone else's sweeps. It's like you got to write a song within the song. The guitar solo is a song that goes in the song. So that's how I approach it. Always have, always will. You know, so, I mean, it's a thrash metal record with some groove and some death metal thrown in, you know? I mean, that's that's the best way to describe it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the um, you know the first time um, I ever actually got to hear Motive, um, I was actually at your house. I was buying tickets for a Sacred Rite show that you guys were opening for. Right. You know, and I, I got remember to, that actually. Yeah, yeah. And I got to stand there for the band room. Yeah, yeah. Got to stand there for a few minutes after work. You know, I'm still all dressed up, fancy, uh, just listening to that groove, and and you guys were really hitting it then that day nicely. So. You know, and when that show happened, I guess it was just a couple of weeks after that, um, you know, it, it, it really came across, you know. And I was like, ah, it's funny. I just seen these guys in a garage, you know, you know, two weeks ago for just a few minutes, and I enjoyed it. And, and live, it was just extraordinary. And you guys do a pretty good job of kicking some ass, so. Well, I appreciate that very much, man. We put in the time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people dig it. And, uh, you know, we just, as long as we dig it, then we go from there. Right, right. As long as you're enjoying it the most, that's, I think, the key to it, you know. Well, you know, I mean, if any band member tells you that it's always good times and they enjoy everything about the band all the time, well, I don't know what band that would be, but <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's right. just like life. You're just, is every day fun? No, but yep. life is cool. You just got to deal with it sometimes, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you got four or five personalities there. Yeah, and apparently you could be dead tomorrow, so there you go. Right, exactly. Yeah, take it as it comes, so to speak. And But yeah, definitely, I mean, you got four or five personalities, you know, coming together to, to create the, the art that is the music, you know. Yeah, you're never going to see eye to eye or get along perfect. But again, that all adds to it, in my opinion, when you're listening to the music. You can almost... You can hear the the strife and the and the agreement, so to speak. You know, when when these songs come together, you're listening to them. Oh yeah, I I know what you mean. That's pretty cool. Good way to describe it. So I do have one silly question for you. Um, does your drummer even own a T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Every picture well, yeah, I see. Apparently, yeah. apparently, we need to sell more tickets and we need to sell more moded T-shirts in order for him to buy one. There so, you go. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, you know, well, he just turned 18, so maybe now that he's officially an adult, maybe we can find him a T-shirt soon. But that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you look at all, all your social media, and he's not got a shirt on. It just cracks me up. 
That's because, well, when he asked me, when he auditioned for the band, and he goes, he asked me if I care if, I, if he wears a shirt when we're playing. I told him, I don't care what you fucking do if you play the songs the way they need to be played. I don't care what you're wearing. You can get up there naked. I don't care what you do. <laughs> And that meant something to him. And at the time, he was only 16. He was only 16 years old, and not wearing a T-shirt meant something to him. For some reason, he got thrown out of his last band for the no T-shirt thing. They didn't like it. It was a stipulated guy. It was a problem. I told him I don't care. So (laughs) I've had numerous people ask me, what's up with the shirtless drummer? And (laughs) <laughs> and I laugh at all because I tell him, look, he's 18, he's 17, he's 16, I, I don't care right now, you know, <laughs> so hopefully he'll grow out of it on his own, or people can start giving him shit now that he's 18 and he's on his own. <laughs> yeah, there you go. People start throwing shirts on stage for him, you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, there's, a, there's more than one person has said something to me. But I got one friend who's... She, she wants to know when she's allowed to let him have it because she's ready to give him total shit. And I was like, this, just be nice somehow. Be, compliment him on his drumming while you tear him apart. You know, <laughs> say, do something. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how many more photos we go with, with the, the T-shirtless kid. But, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I bet you there's quite a few of them. He looks like he's pretty comfortable and enjoying himself. So. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, I, I'm sitting here debating if I can keep my band going after all this time, and if finding a drummer that's not in another band is also a challenge. So this kid comes over here, and I've had plenty of rules and stipulations on my end, so one of the ones on his end was no t-shirt. I just (laughs) laughed. I said, I don't give a shit what you do. Play the fucking songs right, bro. Yeah. Deal. You know, it's a fucking deal. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> That's an easy one, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was real easy. Like, okay, you've learned all these songs and do shit the way I need it done, and all you need for me is to be allowed to wear no T-shirt. Okay, dude. <laughs> Fucking play. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's that deal. <laughs> that, that cracks me up, people wanting to bitch at him. That's funny. Yeah, it's just, it's it's, it's nice when you, when you have a character like that, you know, and I always, you know, when you meet drummers and you talk to drummers, you you know, there's a reason why for a lot of times that, that, you know, on the Muppets, you know, the drummer was an animal, you know, you, you can definitely yeah. see why they made him an animal on the Muppets, you know, they're, yeah, de- so they're good, definitely man. a unique breed of musicians. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 48, my drummer's 18. So there's a 30 year difference there. You know, I'll be, I'll be long gone and, he might still be kicking ass up on a drum riser somewhere without a t-shirt on. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, hopefully that's a long ways away. You know, and by then, you know, life will have caught up to him. He'll be wearing a shirt and it'll probably be a, an extra large one at that, you know. <laughs> uh, that'll be funny. Yeah. We'll see what happens to him. Cool. So you, you got any other, well, I guess I'd say you got any other news for us, but we're all kind of in that same boat right now in that, in that holding pattern. Um well, we'll have a we'll have a new T-shirt available with these new shows, a T-shirt and then a girl's shirt. It'll be the same print, you know, on each one. But for the girls that like true girl shirts, we'll have those. Nice. And then we'll have the T-shirt version, and then we're going to reprint, you know, the Fight the World shirt 
and the Canyon Demon t-shirt we made. And so uh, then we'll have our vinyl and all the usual stuff, vinyl, CDs, patches. So we'll have all that going, man. That's the main thing It's just... But I want his shows. I want to play shows. We're ready to go. Right. And you'd mentioned you guys had a, you you'd had a, did your was your tour a multi state tour you had planned that this damn thing ruined or Oh yeah, well we had four shows in April, four in a row. We had a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday little run. It was gonna be in Los Angeles, Flagstaff and Prescott. That's all cancelled for now, but we should be able to reschedule all of it. And then uh in May we had two big shows. We were supposed to play with Atrophy in May. Those might happen, but they're not announced because it would be irresponsible to announce them at this point. Yeah. So we had two shows with Atrophy in May, and then the tour tour was for September, which we're keeping all of that for now. But what we need to do is add a bunch of shows in June and July to make up for not doing April and possibly losing the May shows. Yeah. So now I'm thinking about June and July, you know, or worst case scenario, we don't play until our tour in September, you know? And I mean, if one of those hypothetical situations said, look, the only way you guys get to do shows this year is if you wait till September, then okay, we're waiting till September. It's really not that hard to, to figure out, but yeah. we don't want to wait till September. But if that's the case, then hopefully we can go knock out a bunch of shows in September and be grateful and happy that we were able to do that, you know? Well, definitely we hope it gets uh, uh, cleared up for everybody a lot sooner than that. I mean, definitely the, the whole music industry as a whole right now is taking a serious beating with this, you know? A lot of those shows, you know, with everything being canceled. I mean, and the biggest company in the country, Live Nation, is just losing millions, like, by the day or some shit. So, yeah, it's a serious issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You and, know, and, I mean, all those, all the regular bands and the big bands, the whole thing's a problem, so. You know, and really what, what yeah, worries, and I guess what worries me and scares me is, is not the big bands, you know, the Motley Crues and the, the Metallicas and the Megadeths, they're going to be okay. It's it's the guys like you and you know maybe that next you know that mid range up you know the overkills and and the sepulturas oh, and, and all of those bands are struggling yeah, yeah. they're gonna have bands bands that don't have to get day jobs but they're not rich but they can live off their band but it's always a a fine line yeah those dudes are gonna have to go get jobs for a little while and this and that and stuff like crowbar crowbar had just canceled their tour. That was with Sacred Reich and Sepultura. Yeah. You know, and Pro Crowbar guy, the Kurt, the main dude, he's been selling merch and doing lessons online and doing all this shit because he's supposed to be on tour for the, the next 30 days making money. Instead, he's at home, you know, selling T-shirts that were supposed to be sold on the tour, you know? So. Right, right, exactly. I know, I know, um, what is it, uh, Bittner from Overkill, he's doing the same thing, less lessons online and over Skype and stuff like that, trying to make ends meet. And again, it's just it's just scary, and I, I pray for all you guys, you know, that this gets lifted yeah, well, and, you, you and know, the music can get I mean, back to being music. You know, it's funny how hard it takes Overkill, I mean, again, it depends who you're talking to. In the world of big bands in the world, Overkill is a small band. Yeah. In the world of underground metal, thrash metal overkill is one of the biggest bands in the world you know so it just depends on who you talk to right the bottom line is 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 bittner the drummer 
you know, whatever the last tour was that Overkill just did, he did not go home with enough money to where he can just sit at home and watch movies for the next three months. That's not how it works, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he was paid his proper salary and whatever he is due and contracts, and it all was fine. But it's like that's only good if they have another tour they can go on a month from now, and that's how bands do it, you know? You go on tour for a month, you come home for three weeks, then you leave and go on another tour. You know, or maybe you're home for a month, but then you go out again, and, you know, the money is there, but if you stop the cycle, then you have a problem with your money, you know? you right. got to go down to Pizza Hut all of a sudden and fucking flip pizzas, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah pizza, pizza Hut kept death metal and thrash metal alive there at some point or another, all the bands, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like Jerry Holt from Exodus, he makes more money when Exodus tours than, say, the other guitar player. The guy that's from Heathen, you know, he's an important guy. In fact, I like the songs that he contributed to the last album. But there's no way in hell the guy from Heathen is getting paid what Gary Holt gets paid when Exodus plays a concert. There's no way. It's just, I mean, and if he is, the Gary Holt's the most generous, honorable guy of all time. Right. Some might call him a fool if he was paying that guy the same that he gets, you know? Right. So, again, my point is, is the other guitarist in Exodus, he gets paid well, I'm sure, when Exodus is doing shows, but Exodus hasn't played a show in who fucking knows when. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. That guy's probably got a, that probably, he probably has a day job, and then when it's time for Exodus, then he off he goes, you know, but he's not sitting at home just cashing checks from Exodus all the time. That's not how it works. Right. You got to wait for your time, you know. I mean, but if you're selling a lot, then maybe, you know, you get a check. But again, what is a royalty check that's relative to who you are, you know? Yeah. Especially in, in, in all honesty, I mean, really, it's the merch that helps keep these bands alive, right? You know, the, and it appears the, to be the, the number one thing. That appears to be the number one thing is your merch. And then, of course, whatever you're getting paid to perform the concert, you know, the, the, the stage money. Yeah. Because that's two different things, you know. You're on stage playing, you're guaranteed X amount of dollars for the performance, and at the same time, your merch is selling out in the lobby. So that's your income in two spots when you play a concert. Yeah. And again, it's a business. Does every band member get money from the merchandise? That's, that's a maybe. Some bands, yes. Some bands, no. Other, you know, if you're a hired contracted player in a band, you get a thousand bucks a week, and it doesn't matter if I sell every T-shirt we have or I sell no T-shirts, you get a thousand bucks a week, and that's that. You know, it right. just depends on the business arrangement. Yeah, well, it's, this has been a great conversation, Steve. Been, been, been a yeah, little... I can ramble metal all night long, buddy. You know, <laughs> definitely. That's that's awesome. And actually, it, it was nice because I think I learned just a little bit more about the you know, the, the business side of it, you know, and, and aspect. And, and definitely I would like to, uh, you know, I, I'd love to, to have you on the show again. You know, I'm, I'm new to this. I'm getting it built. I got the website built and had to, to, to kind of quickly rush on a, a, a podcast set up. But um, I definitely want to continue doing this, and I'd love to, to talk to you some more in the future if you're down for it. So Yeah, not a problem, dude. My pleasure. Excellent. Cool. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap up for now. Um, you have yourself a great night, and why don't you go ahead and tell everybody on here what all the different social media is for the band. All right, I like that. Uh, well, we'll start with Facebook, I guess. Our tag is MotiveAZ, so Facebook.com slash MotiveAZ. Our YouTube channel is also MotiveAZ. 
Our Reverb Nation channel is also Motive AZ. And our Instagram is Motive underscore AZ, which is that little dash at the bottom, not right. the middle dash. Yeah, yeah, the hiding one, so, kind of. Yeah. yeah, so basically Motive AZ is all of our tags, except on Instagram you got to go Motive underscore AZ. So that takes care of all of our socials. We're on Spotify and iTunes and all that, Google. You can go to any of those places. You can go to CD Baby. You can go to our Motive AZ Bandcamp. That's another good one, Motive AZ Bandcamp. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that covers all of them. MetalDevastation.com also has our vinyl record, Metal Devastation, put out to fight the world on vinyl. So nice. you can check them out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that covers them all right there, bud. Is there uh, on on the Bandcamp is or or, in, or on any of the Facebook or whatever? Can any of those? Can people buy merch or? Uh, Bandcamp, you can buy merch. Okay. And music and Facebook, you can do the same. You know, you can message the band, and we can take a payment through PayPal, or you can do it through those sites. You know, it's all set up on Bandcamp. You can buy digital, vinyl, T-shirts, patches, the whole thing is on Bandcamp. Nice. Definitely good to get that information out there. Well, again, I thank you. Yeah. I, I thank you for, for joining the show, and um, we'll, we'll speak again in the future. Right on. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Metalheads and Maniacs podcast. Um, just a little reminder that you can find us on Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts, um, or you can always go to the, to the website directly, which is metalheadsandmaniacs.com. Again, that's metalheadsandmaniacs.com, all one word spelled out. Thank you. And as a little added bonus, we now have Motive, Boycott Your Boycott. Stick around and enjoy. Thanks. Thanks.